0: BDSM Basics. Hello and welcome back, dear Spanky Next listeners. I'm your host, Anna, and I'm here with my co-host.
1: Hello, I'm Gregor. We're finally back for another episode of BDSM Basics.
0: Yeah, and today we wanted to tackle BDSM contracts. It's something that uh, a lot of people know about, but people don't really know why you have it why it's necessary, and what it entails. So that's what we're going to give you the lowdown on. And also, if you've seen or read Fifty Shades of Grey, my favourite topic to bring up, as you know, Gregor, it is not how it's meant to be done, because it's forced on the woman by the man.
1: Okay, I've never seen or read Fifty Shades of Grey. Please enlighten me. Is there a contract? I figured there's a contract.
0: There is a contract. So the basics of the book try to cover what bdsm entails for example contracts so christian gray writes out a contract and basically forces the woman he's just met to sign it even though she doesn't really know what it involves what she has to do and if she even wants to do it so as you know gregor that is absolutely not how it's supposed to go
1: basically it's just a fucking contract that he prepares
0: all the things he wants to do to her oh my god I know. That's toxic. Such a bad message. So if you're new to kink or you're just listening because you're curious, get your info here because we know far more about it than Christian Grey and whoever wrote it, E.L. James or whatever she's called.
1: This is BDSM Basics. This is where we kind of really go back to the do's and don'ts of BDSM where we talk about kind of topics that sometimes seem so mainstream and already kind of so basic in every sense of the word and we just want to give these topics the space to be heard to be talked about because listeners sometimes you're all hot and horny and just want to get to the action but it's good to know your stuff
0: so basically a contract can take any form it's not a legally binding contract (laughs) if someone was thinking it will ever stand up in a court of law it absolutely will not But it is a uniform way for a submissive and dominant to navigate their relationship and iron out things like protocol, boundaries and safety within the scenes that they are going to do.
1: Tell me about it. What forms the kind of is this always a written contract? Can it be a verbal contract?
0: It should always be a written contract because it is a written agreement because verbal contracts are not binding in any way. For example, you could say you forgot that someone said that was their boundary. But if it's written, you can always refer to it.
1: What if I change my mind?
0: You can change your mind. You just have to go back to the contract. It's a written agreement between two people or more, outlining the exact ways you're going to organise your kink dynamic. So, for example, if you're into... Let's say H play, you will have a different type of dynamic than someone that's just into slave mistress, for example. So the details may be different and it's very unique to your dynamic. You can get as granular and as detailed as you want, or you can just be quite vague and open for explanation. But it will be different for every person.
1: Okay, so it's basically a written document where you detail... Your hard and soft limits, we talked about them in another episode. Your obligations you have, but also the responsibilities for the person who tops in the scenario.
0: Absolutely. So I'll come on to maybe the actual things you should include a bit later on, but... First and foremost, I would say that a BDSM contract is sexy because you will get to sit down with your partner and think about all the ways you'd like to play and all the things you're going to do together. And it can actually be like a massive turn on.
1: I just thought about this. I think kind of just kind of creating this contract gets you all hot and frisky because that's something we always say, kind of good sex and good play is always communication, communication, communication.
0: So a contract will clearly set out the expectations and responsibilities of everyone involved and that includes the sub so people think it's just for the dom because they are more likely to be inflicting high risk
1: um, activities onto
0: someone else but this is a process of negotiation and so by making this negotiation it clear and explicit you will absolutely know like you say gregor your limits your hard limits things you really want to do things you're curious about and what it will take to make the play stop if it gets out of hand. So that's stuff like safe words, and if you'll use a a traffic light system. Mm. So it will have all those things, so you can always refer to it if something goes wrong as well, because let's be real, it can go wrong.
1: It seems like a very responsible thing to do, doesn't it? Um, And I I just wondered, Ken, how many people really do BDSM contracts? Because it also seems like something you do if you already know you will engage in a more stable relationship or dynamic because I just imagine loads of people who just meet on fetish.com and meet up once they might not take the time to do BDSM contract
0: generally I would say that casual play will not come under a contract I think you will have a checklist so you might meet someone online or meet someone in real life and you'll talk about what you want to do and what you want to try and you will talk about safe words and all those things but I think a contract is more for a more serious, dynamic, and it's not so much for that casual play.
1: Oh God, this is something so good and so important. Uh, actually, kind of, if you haven't listened to this episode, we talk about this in uh, episode one of this season with Cindy Gallup. that so many times you come in all hot and horny with great expectations and think this is what you're going to do. And then you see kind of life happens. And I think this is, especially when you don't know the person so much, when it's just more like a hookup thing, and you can talk everything online and everything is good and great, but then you meet the person and then you just see the dynamic changes once you meet him in real life. And I, I imagine this is when BDSM contracts really come into play, when you already know the person, when you maybe have played already with them, and you think, okay, let's take it one step further and see... What are the do's and don'ts of our dynamic?
0: Yeah. Why would you bother signing a contract with someone you only want to play with once? I mean, it just doesn't make sense logistically. This is when you know the chemistry is working, when you know you're going to explore further kinks together. I think this is where it's really important to make sure everyone is on the same page.
1: Tell me what happens if the contract is broken?
0: As I said, it's not legally binding. There's not much you can do by way of taking any action. For example, if you have been abused, if something has gone seriously wrong and you have to go to the hospital or something like that, no medic or lawyer is going to see your contract and think, "Okay, this was sort of consenting adults and it was broken, even though there have been cases where this has been actually taken to a court of law. I don't think actually anyone's been tried using a BDSM contract, but I think at that point it will go back to the fundamentals of the dynamic and the relationship and if it can work long term and whether it's time to say goodbye because that is consent and trust being broken in the most real terms because it's actually on paper.
1: What I'm getting from this kind of on the one hand by really putting down all kind of the do's and don'ts but also the boundaries the obligations that exist in this dynamic at the one hand it's i think it increases the dynamic the communication but on the other hand i think it's a really good framework for what people can expect
0: yeah i really think that vanilla couples should be doing this it actually makes total expand sense
1: expand on this expand on this
0: let's say you're in an open relationship that, that's mm. probably one that is more likely to be like this because often play partners you won't have just one play partner in BDSM mm. or you'll have your sort of cohabitation partner and I often have heard from people who are in open relationships or are experiencing mm. a change in their relationship going poly or something like that that one person seems super clear on what the rules are and one person or several people don't and that's when communication hasn't been that successful because I think what is allowed and what is not and how they're going to navigate it. And it might change as the dynamic goes on, but you have to keep checking in and there's no sort of written word. Imagine if you had a contract about that, you'd be like, aha, I told you I was right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, I think this is such a good point because I really imagine this moment where you sit together and come up with a contract and really what we said before talk about everything that's good and okay for you and what's good and okay for your partner or partners but then what i really and this really goes against 50 shades of gray of course because i think dynamics also change So it's so important to revisit your contracts and to change them and to revisit how you make your dynamic work.
0: Absolutely. I think once it's not serving you anymore, that's when you look at it again. And that's why, you know, some people like them printed. If you're of that mentality, that's fine. But I would keep it more as a digital contract that you can constantly edit. Say something like Google Docs or whatever, like Canva even, although you'd have to make it private probably. So you can constantly edit it because, like you say, Gregor, dynamics change, especially when you're in the experimental phase where you're just getting to know each other. There will be things that you thought you'd like, you absolutely won't, and there'll be things you think are your hard limits that you will go there.
1: Exactly, exactly. What I really, really like about this is that we have this a lot because, um, as you know, we work for fetish.com, and (laughs) so many times we hear people saying that, I don't have any limits, and I really get where where this comes from because when you're kind of behind your computer and at home and then you're kind of all horny and want to meet people and it's all kind of wow really exciting but it's just not the truth usually you should really go with what feels good for you and you should really know yourself and know your limits and I think kind of setting up a BDSM contract or just having the conversation gives you the space to talk about what's okay and what's not okay for you
0: Let me tell you what a typical BDSM contract will include and the details. So it will generally start with a statement of purpose of the contract, like a formal document or legal document does. And then there will be affirmations for both the dominant and the submissive partner. Then there will be rules for the submissive partner to follow and responsibilities for the dominant partner to take on. There will also be guidelines for use, the renewal, the adaptation of the contract, and then there will be a place for both parties to sign. Now, it can include a lot more than that, a lot less, but this is how a typical BDSM contract will look.
1: Honestly, I really get what we said before. I get horny only kind of listening to this because it's really kind of like, oh, you already have the expectation of play
0: I think there's some like people that would also struggle with this if they're not in the kink scene, because I think a lot of people think sex and intimacy and excitement and arousal comes from spontaneity. So they think, oh, well, I don't know when I'm going to be horny and I don't know when I'm going to want to do that. So putting this down in paper just doesn't make sense to me. Having, like, playtimes doesn't make sense to me. And you know what? I do get that. But I think that's for more sort of penis, vagina or sort of heteronormative sex where, like, you know, often it's whether the guy can get it up.
1: This is so good. I had this conversation just last Sunday with a friend. And I said, this is, for me, the biggest controversy in sexuality because i think real good sex comes from communication but nothing kills a vibe as much as talking too much about it, <laughs> it, it, totally this is, oh, true. it isn't it true it's, it's kind of the, the biggest fucking controversy kind of how is this because we all have this kind of I think it's the same in a relationship but I got you know I have this especially kind of on grinder hookups or, or anywhere when we know we've already talked too much about it we know if we ever meet no it's just not gonna be good because we already killed the Do you think you have set the, the barrier
0: too high exactly, for how good it would yeah, be? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well I think this probably happens a lot you know with the, each dynamic there's an element of excitement that gets taken away from some of this. For some people, it will be massively exciting. For others, it would be sort of killing that randomness of sexuality. Oh, God, totally. But in BDSM, you can't always do it randomly because it comes with risk. And there's a lot of toys and things and equipment and negotiations. It's just not the same as just sex. It's very different, actually.
1: Exactly, because it's just this whole additional layer on your relationship which can involve sex but doesn't have to but what it usually really has to involve is a lot of preparation and I think that's where BDSM contracts come in handy because in a way just having established what's okay and what's not okay what the obligations and the responsibilities this takes away so much of the preparations because you already know what's okay and you you know you don't have to kind of talk about it every time
0: absolutely and i also think this is something that a lot of couples would benefit from just generally because i think how much bad sex are people having how much unconsensual sex are people having how many things are not negotiated before and become such a shock in the moment And we could all really learn something from this. If we're not into BDSM, that's fine. But if you want to say, okay, well, I don't actually like penetration because I have some sort of trauma around that. Can we do something that's external? These things.
1: Oh, my God. You know what I like about this is kind of, sorry, and I know I'm fangirling hard here, but it so brings me back to Cindy Gallop. (laughs) (laughs) You and Cindy. What a woman. The thing is, we usually, we have these assumptions of what we have to like and of how sex should look like and of how, even of how BDSM scenarios should look like or should be. And I think this, ritual the space of coming up with a BDSM contract really gives you the opportunity to revisit how you feel about yourself how you feel about being with a partner and what you want to get out of that encounter
0: so basically don't sign it if you're not comfortable with a hundred percent of it enjoy it look online get some resource of things you'd like to try if you're new to kink and have fun with it
1: exactly never see a bdsm contract as an obligation as they do in fucking stupid 50 shades of gray (laughs) but see it as an opportunity for you to really express your needs your wants and what really gets you hot and horny and i think i've said hot and horny like five times in this podcast already um (laughs) i like it i like it (laughs) that's what it's all about in the end pleasure and let us know how it's going for you, really. I think we would love to hear from people how their BDSM dynamics work, how they do their BDSM contracts.
0: A hundred percent. And until then, keep it kinky.
1: Oh, keep it kinky. Goodbye, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to Spanky Next on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast.
0: If you'd like to connect with people who share your kinks, sign up to fetish.com for free or download the FET app from Google Play Store and the App Store now.
1: And for anyone of you who is looking to deepen their knowledge of kink, head to the BDSM Training School on fetish.com and enroll in a course now.
0: And last but not least, shout out to our producer Billy Cragen, our kinky team and everyone who makes this podcast possible. Oh.